Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby and I'm an empowerment coach to women over 40. I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn in life. Today I have my friend Tamika Shelton on and I have her on here for selfish reasons because every time that I am reading her posts or, or chatting with her, I am learning a ton and she has so much patience and yes today we are going to have some discussions about black lives matter black lives matter mm-hmm. and i am so appreciative of you being here tamika thank you for coming on and having this discussion so that we can bring some more education to all of my listeners you're very welcome i'm excited about being here thank you so one of the things um tamika runs a HR company, correct? Yeah. So I wonder if that's why you are able to run that is you do have patience. You have amazing patience. I will say that, yes, um, my profession kind of lends itself to a certain level of patience and also being able to engage people who think differently, act differently, look differently, talk differently, um, because everybody is supposed to come to HR and we're supposed to be that neutral person or that neutral entity um, between company and employee. So yes, I, I think my profession has a lot to do with why I am able to do the way that I do them. And I would lean more into the fact that I bet it's your personality that has led you into being able to stay in that profession. Because not everybody can stay in the HR profession for sure. Yeah, you know, so here's the thing. For the most part, when we talk about HR people, everybody has a bad story. Right. (laughs) So um, everybody, when they think HR, they think, bad for some reason or they think um negative and um what i noticed about myself in the hr space which also led me to open in my own practice is that all of us in hr are not the same and um my personality it is true my personality contributes a lot to why i can be the way that i am my profession also lends a lot to, I have high expectations of HR people and I try to step into this space and I'm trying to be what I would want an HR person to be for me. Right. Um, I, have, I have often encountered HR people, even my own HR pe- person as it, you know, we all have an HR person to report up to in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, call yourself HR? <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we know what HR is supposed to be, and it ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that, you know, just unpacking things, there's a lot that goes on within Tamika. Um, a lot of how I grew up, um, my personality, everything over this time of 
racial injustice and, and Black Lives Matter, I have been sitting back and reflecting on why is it that I am the way that I am? Um, something weird that, that you all might not know is that even though I'm out here on my platform, which is normally Facebook, talking about Black Lives Matter and articulating it in a way that, that people who are white are accepting, it doesn't necessarily sound good to people who are black. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to please everybody all the time with anything. Yeah, and I sure am not pleasing. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's very hard when it's something so important to, uh, to feel like, yep, I'm supporting white people right now. During a black movement. Right. And I don't want to feel it's like, okay, black people are not going to appreciate what I'm saying. Oh, no. <laughs> white people are because that then just kind of creates a whole nother dynamic. But it all comes back to how I was brought up, what my personality is. And, um, so I was thinking about talking to you and I came up with this um, this little blurb and I'm, I'll, I'll honestly tie it all together throughout our conversation so that you can still learn a little more about Black people and, and you'll learn about Tamika and all of those sorts of things. But the thing that kept coming to my mind is smiling through mess through the messiness as I struggle to discover and accept who I am. And then I wrote words that describe me, bold, powerful, fractured, sensitive. Then I also went back and um, I used to have a radio show. Mm. And, uh, we, I used to read this thing in the beginning of my radio show uh, and it says, in my past, I've been described as a doormat, too nice and selfless. Today, if you were to ask those who know me, I'd be described as confident yet sensitive, a bulldog yet a poodle, insightful yet naive, outgoing yet shy, powerful yet humble. The truth is, I agree. I am all of that and more. Yep. So I, I tend to be both those words that you might consider powerful and those words that you might consider weak. Um, and it, it really has to do with growing up in a space where I didn't feel safe. Mm. And so... Um, you know, as a little kid, I, I, I had a babysitter that I went to from two to 12. And this was way back in the day when babysitters were allowed to spank. I mean, spanking was not a problem. So I want to put that out there now. It was not considered abuse. It, spanking was okay. Your neighbor could spank you if they needed to spank you. The whole yep. If you deserved it, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Um, 
And unfortunately, as a sensitive kid, um, and the things that happened at my daycare were just, it took a lot away from my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot away from trust of authority. And then I was trying to protect myself from that authority. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when you protect yourself from an authority figure, you kind of talk your way out of it or you try to talk to them. You try to rationalize with them. Mm -hmm. So what I have been noticing is that throughout my life, when there are authority figures who don't treat me the way that I would want to be treated, I hear what they say. I, I, I see what they do, but if they say they want to get better, I'll try to rationalize and say, okay, well, look at it this way and look at it this way. Now, their their actions may still be treating me poorly, but their words say, but I don't mean it. What I want to do is learn. So Tamika, who tries to protect herself, just like little Tamika, who tried to protect herself, will talk a good game. Mm-hmm. And so I say all of that because I had to reflect back, like, what are you doing right now during Black Lives Matter? Are you saying all of this stuff and showing up for all of these conversations because you really want to show up for these conversations, have a heart for showing up for these conversations, or are you protecting yourself? Mm-hmm. And the truth is both. <laughs> for sure because I definitely know that you're showing up because you do want to help actually yes I totally want to help I I have a heart for if somebody says that they want to do something different learn something different I need to go with your words more than I go with your actions so that's always been a problem of mine mm-hmm. So I always have to be conscious of the fact that your words and your actions can show two different things, Mm -hmm. but I tend to follow what your words say. Mm -hmm. Words have hurt me more. Um, I get hurt more by people's word and not keeping their word because I don't follow the action. The, The action could be more devastating, but you said you wanted to treat me good. You said you wanted to treat me better. In some sort of way, I put more stock in it. I have no clue. I haven't got to that point yet. But I sure I do self-reflecting all the time. So it is true that I consider white people to be a powerful source and an authority, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I can't set myself yet apart from that. So I think that part of what I'm doing is trying to say, please don't hurt me. Not just me, Tamika, but don't hurt us. Mm -hmm. If you see some of the postings that I say, something like, we need you, we need your help. Um, You know, I'm not preaching against you. I actually am reaching out to you for help. That comes across very much as victim 
um, that comes across very much when Black people look at it, like, what in the world are you doing? Um, at the same time, I truly believe we, we can't do this alone. But there, there is a fear factor that white people have a lot of power, white people have a lot of authority, and if we don't appeal, we being black people don't appeal to white people, this is not going to be fixed. And it actually can turn into something beyond what it is right now. Because we have people like our president, who is a very gr a great businessman, not good at bringing people together. Mm -hmm. um, and because of his style of not being able to bring people together, and he likes to instigate, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that as he sees things not going in the direction that he would want them to go in, he instigates issues. It's like he's poking somebody, I'm going to instigate, I mean, instigate, I'm going to instigate. And I ultimately feel like what he's going to do is make it so that you have to choose. So white people are going to have to choose. Am I going to support my black friends? Or am I going to support my white family? Mm -hmm. And while we, while we may all want to support that which is right, when it comes down to your friend versus your family, that's a hard choice. And that, um, you saying that, that is a lot of what I've been watching start to go down on social media. Mm -hmm. It's, it's that, it's just that there's, there's seems to be a lack of gray area going on where people are willing to come on into the middle to have discussions and, and learn. They're just shutting down now. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's hard. It, you know, like, again, it might seem like Black people think that Donald Trump can fix this, right? But we know Donald Trump can't fix it. Donald Trump didn't start it. Donald Trump can't fix it. Mm -hmm. He's just a, the, the ultimate leader, supposedly, right? Mm -hmm. So when your ultimate leader is instigating and that ultimate leader has a lot of followers and you feel like you've been abused, but you want to be protected and that ultimate leader is not seeing this. And the appeal then goes to those who are Donald Trump supporters first. Yeah. And then, um, okay, white people who aren't Donald Trump supporters, can you hear our message so that you can talk to the white people who are our Donald Trump supporters? Because Donald Trump is going to continue to pick at this gap. Mm -hmm. So it makes him bigger than what he is, more powerful than what he is. Um, but black people knew this when he was put into office. And, and I think that a lot of my white, I have a lot of white um, Republicans um, who voted for Donald Trump and they didn't get what I was saying when I said, 
your vote for him was a vote against me. Mm -hmm. And I've said it since the very beginning because we already know that sort of personality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when it comes to race relations, race relationships. So one of the posts that I was going to post later on Facebook is black does not equal Democrat. Right? <laughs> that some people who consider themselves diehard Republicans, diehard Donald Trump, diehard conservatives, can't even hear the message because they think that if they say that, it means that they support Democrats. Yeah. If they say that Black lives do matter, or if they even allow themselves to think about some of the things that Black people are saying, it somehow goes against being Republican, conservative, Donald Trump supporter. But all of that doesn't go together. Black equals person. Black equals human. Black equals people. And in some sort of way, it's all been tied up together to mean something that it's not. And then you have people who are very politically minded who are then tying up Black Democrats, Democrats, Black, you can't separate the two. So they just mean the same thing. And it's like, whoa, can I just be a person <laughs> with feelings, emotions, thoughts? Um, it's it, been this horrible thing of extremism on on so many different platforms. Yeah, and it and it it's weird because I don't believe, and I can only speak for Black. I don't believe that the majority of Black people even look at it like that. So when people are, when white people are tying things in together, it's like, how'd you even come up with that? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get one and four and come up with 25? <laughs> exactly. So we're sitting back and like, huh. But it only becomes weird and uneasy and volatile when we're talking not only but politics and then we're talking race somehow black and white becomes politics i know oh my gosh that's been driving me insane <laughs> insane right like how and this has just been a new realization for me or i would i wouldn't have come up with that i need to put black does not equal democrat on Facebook. There are black people who are so many different things, but you got to get to the fact that they are people. We're people first. And, and, and somehow in a lot of circles, we don't even get to be looked at as people. We get to be looked at as a figurehead for Democrats. Mm -hmm. We get to be looked at as Fear, uh, monsters, uh, scary, uh, all of these things 
but how about just the person? <laughs> right. And your experiences that are legit the experiences that you have had. If I saw again yesterday, this lady was talking about the difference between um, a person, a black person who was talking politics. And then we had this black guy I don't remember what he's trying trying to do, but like the tough conversations with a black man or whatever. It's, there's this YouTube guy. I know his name is Emmanuel. So anyway, this lady is listening to her black friend who talked politics, and they might be talking politics and experiences under politics versus this black guy who is not talking politics and just talking about the black experience. And this white lady decided that the guy that she knows is an upstanding black man who has the right message. And I say, how'd you pick? Because it was the message that made her comfortable. Exactly. The message <laughs> that made her comfortable, the message that might align with her politics. How in the world can you tell? She said that Emmanuel, this guy that I don't know, nor does she know him, sounds like a victim. <laughs> He's playing the victim card. What if he is a victim? Right? <laughs> there are victims. <laughs> Black people can't be victims. Like, you can't hear anything he says because, and then she said something like she might listen to the whole thing that he's saying, but he sounds like a victim. <laughs> I am just like, wow, how many times, let's say women, and someone who has been raped, abused, not sound like a victim. We, yeah. we allow this. We really do allow victims to be victims. Yeah. We and then we punish them for being victims. Exactly. And and I was now she has she has yet to reply back. <laughs> when I asked her how did she pick between her friend Andy's message and this guy Emmanuel's message as two black men and her being a white woman, how did she pick pick that Andy's message was right and Emmanuel's message was not. Right. And she says nothing. Because she doesn't have an answer. Doesn't have an answer. Well, she doesn't have an answer that she wants to fess up to. Doesn't. So I will absolutely fess up. And I don't think I've talked to Tamika about this. Um, of course, this all made me uncomfortable when it when you were first talking about it. In, in fact, to the point that I was just like, I don't know if I can follow you anymore. You know what I mean? It was just that uncomfortable because you were blowing my mind with things that I, I do not live in a diverse area. Mm -hmm. So until I started traveling last year, I did not have black friends that I loved, trusted, met in person. So you're having discussions, um, it, you know, everything was just online. So I know that 
now that's why this has thankfully enlightened me and I am open to more education. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm hearing experiences from people that I, that blew my mind, that hurt to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable as it started happening. <laughs> but but thankfully, being in, a little bit older now, I'm finally like, you know what? I was wrong. And I'm just going to take ownership for I was wrong and move on from here. <laughs> and what is awesome in that is that I think that God had a plan. <laughs> because the day before you reached out to me, I said I could not follow you anymore. Right? <laughs> I was not going to stop being your friend on Facebook. I just couldn't have your messages in my feed. Yeah. Because it boggled my mind how somebody I could really connect with so much in person. It's like, I I just, now I'm confused. I was just confused. Yeah. I was in a, a space of confusion and I did not want to not like you. So, okay. So, you know, Tamika, there's a, this is my thought process. There's a lot that you do like about her. Right. Right. You need to allow her space on her own Facebook to be who she wants to be. And you need to not get upset about it. So let's just cut off the feed. And so you sent me a message and I called my mother and said, oh my God, let me tell you something. (laughs) Um, my mom knows your name. She doesn't know who you are. Yeah. There are two people on Facebook, you being one of the two, that I was just getting ready to stop following. However, you both have reached out to me and said that my words have made a difference. And that is what keeps me when Black people are saying, stop white splaining. Stop trying to appeal to white people right now. And because if they don't know, it's because they don't want to know and they're not going to change. I mean, I get white people, I mean, black people who are saying that because there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of explanation. Mm -hmm. But the two people that I've seen say something to me, that I wasn't even expecting. <laughs> huh. Oh, thank goodness I reached out. <laughs> right. And in turn, it is worth what I might get from the backlash I might get from Black people who don't understand because I'm not putting your business out there that Val Shelby used to say things like this and now you know I'm not doing that I just have to know that I am making a difference um, because I see the messages that are coming in and I know that change is happening and I appreciate and if I could just reach one person who has a platform to reach other people that's what my job is right now and and I am grateful that I got that message at the time and, and it, 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 it actually brought tears to my eyes because that was divine intervention. 
For sure. <laughs> For sure. I know one thing that has really helped me is the fact that I was, um, well, because I come from first responders. And so I have the fear of years ago when all of the cops were getting, I mean, there was sniper attacks on the cops and all of that. So I have this absolute fear for my friends and I mean, for the firefighters and everything on that. And I had put a wall in between there because it was very easy for me to put that wall there mm -hmm. because I did not have you and other friends to hear the other side. So I was totally just, this is my stand and, and I'm worried about them and I can't see past the worry. Right. Versus now, as I'm communicating with multiple people on all different sides of everything and opening my mind to not having to be right all the time, mm -hmm. which is a huge one for me, a big change for me is I don't have to always be right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning that I don't, I won't be able to always change everybody else's mind either. Yeah. And I have to learn that one too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and I say I'm learning it and I mean that, you know, today that's working. <laughs> you have to consciously say every couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I live in a very um, redneck little town. Mm -hmm. And it's been very hard for me to stay on our community groups. Mm -hmm. um, just, uh, just because the, I mean, the COVID was having before and everybody being, you know, locked up in their houses and all of that did not help any mindset whatsoever, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully, I've had some people that I've met in town that I don't even know say thank you for your calm words. And like I've told people, I'm like, I've never been thanked for my calm words in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that has not been my MO before now. So <laughs> to hear that, I'm just like, how are you sure that was me? <laughs> <laughs> but it has to do with that not always feeling like I have to be right anymore. And, and coming to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be able to change people's minds, which was what I wanted to beat it into people's minds before when I started believing in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But following you and reading what you've been posting, I'm realizing that, you know what, you changed my view and brought more education to me so mm -hmm. that I was able to, to understand more. Um, so maybe if I can take some of that patience that you have brought, then maybe I can spread that to other people as well. And, and truly that is what it's all about. And the, and the other thing with this is like, here, here's the thing. It doesn't mean by, by listening and hearing someone, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they say. Just don't make them wrong because you don't agree. Right. And I, I, I don't think there's a space for that being made right now. You know, like, it just can to agree to disagree is a wonderful thing. It's a hard thing to do. But it's a wonderful thing to do. There's a, another person I'm connected with on Facebook. I have wanted to be her client twice now. And she told me no twice. Right. 
No. <laughs> I want you to be my coach in these areas. No. I'm not your ideal client. What do you mean? We're perfect for each other. What are you talking about? No, like, whoa. And um, it just so happened, you know, her husband is with NASA. And then, you know, we had that launch and everything recently. Now, that's in, that was in the midst of this whole movement. And I, it pissed me off that people could stop their movement movement to talk about some daggone spaceship. How about let's talk about what's going on here, right? right? That's what, how I was feeling. Um, but for her, I knew how important that was to her husband. Like, he's like a little kid in a candy store with this sort of thing. So I could stop my, my online protest, my online education, and just congratulate them and be excited for them um, for all that's happening. And so I, what I would want to express to people who, who just don't feel like they can do that, it can be done. She and I have been connected for years. She has asked me for some guidance as far as HR goes. Um, I can appreciate what, what's going on in her and her husband's life. And she still don't want me for a client. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, <laughs> it's hard, right? But that's when you know that something can work. I've seen it work. I, I, I've seen it work. And, and you don't have to make somebody wrong to just be different. Black Lives Matter, uh, and then I have a neighbor who wants to keep talking about police lives matter. Nobody said police lives didn't matter. <laughs> they they really do. And guess what? A lot of black people are police officers. Right, right. So it and 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 then it becomes a you know my same neighbor tends to focus on the fact that there are black police officers right i get that we we didn't say anything about police officers police officers colors right There's something going on when somebody puts the badge and the uniform and the whole nine yards that is it seems to be that some people when they put that on and they're able to consider themselves part of the police some of these people, it's getting to their heads. Yeah. But but it, you can't tell me how I feel about police officers. So now, I don't need you to tell me that police officers' lives matter. We we really see that it does. Because if somebody were to 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 murder a police officer, we see how it's treated. And it is murder, no matter who does it. Right. <laughs> and at no point have you ever come out and said that. It wouldn't matter. So people who feel like whenever you say Black Lives Matter, they have to then come back with something else Lives Matter. I'm like, wow. Again, it was a thing in the Black community the whole time. We were like, what in the world is wrong with white people? Yeah. 
why do you have to keep doing this? Yeah. Like we, we know you're important. Can, can we just have this for right now? Could we be important? But no, uh-uh, we can't. And I know the terminology before was also something that, and I mean, I, I look at media now from a different standpoint because I realized that media in just about every form is there to rile us all up and divide us <laughs> is really how I feel most of the media is. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like they have played more on that part of, well, if Black Lives, my, my Black Lives Matter and then, you know, Mexican Lives Matter and Police Lives Matter and all of that. And that's like, wait, 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 who, circle, circle back and explain to us whoever said that the cops' lives don't matter. Right. Why would that have to come up? Whoever said that? Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the terminology and the fact that we are getting stuck on terminology and I say we, as in me, because for many years I was stuck on terminology. Um, and guess what? No, even though media must be doing something, I have never in any way that I have watched the news or watched the news online seen anything about All Lives Matter. I've only seen my friends that are white say it online. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I don't watch the same news. I don't know what it is, but it's just weird. But yeah. And the other thing I don't understand, I can honestly tell you, I did not know what defund the police meant. I know what defund means as a word. <laughs> and I'm like, how can that help? That's ah, yes. <laughs> but here's the thing different from what we saw with Black Lives Matter and not understanding what that actually meant before you come out and say something against it. Here's the thing. I'm not going to say anything against it. I say I don't understand. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but what does that mean? And I found finding that a lot of stuff means something that it might not mean. Mm -hmm. So we need to start asking some questions rather than assuming that we know. And, it, and that is what I am constantly, constantly trying to get people to do now. We have so many definitions of things. Just like the difference between what does, what does it mean to be a racist? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be prejudiced? What does it, like, somebody their meaning of it it might not mean what you what you meant right but we're not taking the time to even talk no and a lot of the time I'm noticing people are just blowing up over a headline they won't even read the article yes and um, they they see the headline and they react to the headline I'm like whoa how about you take a look and read what it actually says? Because headlines are meant to be made clickable. And the more dramatic they are, the more clickable they are. So go read what they're saying. There was an article from the UK talking about Donald Trump said that George Floyd was looking, 
was probably looking down from heaven, um, happy about the unemployment numbers. So I saw the article. Um, I also saw in front of the article, there was a, like a 57 second clip. So I looked at the clip. The first person I saw post about this was actually a family. They were very upset. Rightfully so, if you look at the headline, right? Right, right. So I looked at the headline. Um, I looked and I was like, man, this man done bumped his head if he really said this. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but I listened to the clip and I'm like, eh, that's not what he said. Here's the thing. I actually messaged my cousin and said, hey, unless I'm missing something, the title of that article and what he said do not match. Um, let me know if I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. And um, my cousin came back and said, you're right, cuz. Um, that's not what he said. And so when I saw it posted on other people's threads, um, I am saying, hey, guys, I know there's a lot to be angry about right now. But he didn't say that, okay? Mm -hmm. So I, I can do that. It doesn't stop him from being an ass. Right. I, he's an ass. But for this time, he didn't say that. And so I think people just need to slow down, listen to one another, actually just think about what's being said, ask questions, um, and just be willing to go to those uncomfortable spaces. This is not going anywhere. You need to be willing to roll your sleeves up if you're saying that you get it now. And I don't mean you, Val. I mean you, people. Mm -hmm. And if white people are going to be in on this, this is a long game. Mm -hmm. It's not a short game. There is no let's get over it. Let's, what do I need to do right now to help? This is and 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 put in the hard work. And it's even harder now that we're in the midst of COVID. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. And I know that's one thing that's uh, driving me a little bit crazy right now is that I feel like, I feel like so many people, so many of the white people that I see, you know, on the protests and all of that, they are looking for an instant fix. Mm-hmm. If we had an instant fix, we probably would have done it already, right? <laughs> it's just, there's just, there's no instant fix. But, and I think you talked about it in one of your social media posts too, was um, just, yeah, this fact that we just, all of a sudden we just feel like we need to come in like a hero and we're just going to fix everything and, and right now, and it's going to be perfect. It's like, whoa, hey, like you said, smiling through the messiness, this is messy and deal with it. It is messy and I'm mad and I'm overwhelmed and I'm upset and I'm going to keep talking. And, but, but you have to understand you as a group, uh, again, not thou, <laughs> people have to understand that you, we, sometimes we have to go through it, not over it. And there, this right now, I appreciate the fact that white people, a lot of white people have had a revelation. Um, but the, the speed with which some folks want to get it over with is in and of itself offensive. Mm -hmm. After folks like me, I'm only 43, but I've been going through this 
for 43 years. You've been going in through this for a couple weeks and you just want it to be over with. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to keep trying to meet, meet people and talk to them, et cetera. But just realize that behind all of the smile is a person with feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's just time to listen. Stop mm-hmm. Just listen. Something I'm going to do, Val, just so that you know and your listeners know, is I am thinking of putting together a webinar of what to do next. Yeah. So that white people can see from a Black perspective what what you can actually do. That's a question. And then, of course, I know that sometimes you're met with an answer of you should look look for it yourself and you should do the research. And I get that, too. Mm-hmm. But, but now that I see some of the things that people are coming back to do, I, I would like to, uh, to come up with a little <laughs> different things that, that can be long-lasting and life-changing, not... Uh, I, I just need it to be something that and it is there are things that are small that make such a big impact. And so I I think that I'm gonna take that on and just come up with the webinar and just be open to doing that. Awesome. Oh, I would love to share that for sure. And I would look forward to joining in it so that I do know where I can help and where the help would actually help okay well well that's what my thought uh that's what i'm gonna be thinking through over this this weekend so when i get it done and and i'm able to talk more about it i will let you know perfect yeah because i will make sure all of the listeners know so um we i i always have two questions that i need to ask you and um especially because I talk to the women that are over 40. Do you remember there being a mindset change in your 40s? Yes. I remember there being a whole lot of set changes. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as much as I care about things, um, I don't care about the, like, and people. I, I don't care. I'm not as much of a people pleaser as I once. Yay! Yeah, and that, that seems to like like even though I woke up forty and feeling like nothing changed, that part was like, whoa! I don't care. I know, and I like it because <laughs> for so many years there was just like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm a badass. I don't right. care. I don't care what everybody else thinks. And inside, I'm just a ball, ball, balling mess crying in the corner <laughs> because I cared way too much about what everybody else thought about me. <laughs> and now it's been like, eh, nope. <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, that's the, one of the great things about 40s and I look forward to other decades because I know it's only going to get better after talking yeah. to older women. It's like, yeah, you just stop caring even more. Exactly. <laughs> You care, you care deeper about the people that matter and yet don't care at all about the people that exactly. don't. <laughs> There's certain people who were being given too much of my energy and I'm taking that back. Yes. 
and I know we talked before, and that was that was part of my realization when I just got offline for the the five days. Mm-hmm. Was the who am I giving my time to, and mm-hmm. and where do I want that time to go? Exactly, exactly. So my forties, that was definitely one of the things I I learned. Awesome. And of course, I need to hear at least one of your damn it. And uh, listeners, if, if you're new, your damn it are those things that make you you. So they're, they're parts of your personality that when you change them, because usually somebody has told you maybe multiple times that you needed to change them, um, you can actually go into depression. It's totally a piece of who you are. And, and changing that part of your personality just makes you miserable. So what is, and I already know some of yours, but um, what is a damn it of yours that comes to mind? It is so hard to be what people consider nice. Yeah. There is so much that goes on mentally to be able to put out in the universe what I'm putting out because it goes against something inside of my my system that's like, you know what? So I've I've learned to put a smile on and to be nice. And there's something internally about me that is like sometimes I don't want to be happy. Sometimes I don't want to be nice. Sometimes I don't want to come up with all the right words and try to put it together the way that people are going to. Sometimes I just want to say exactly what I want to say. But um, I don't, unless you're in my very, very, very inner circle, um, I don't tend to be better. That's who I've grown, the way that I've grown up to be. So does being nice drive you crazy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so being nice is not one of your damnits. It's the opposite. It's what you feel like you should be. Got it. Yes. So it- I I can tell definitely that one of your damnits is patience. Mm, okay. And you are a patient person. Mm-hmm. And I bet if you tried to change that, you would just be miserable. And and that's whether or not it was our experiences that led you to being patient or not. It, it, it feels to me when you've been talking that you do embrace that, that you are okay with that. That's what I read. I'm okay with it. But, but again, it's what, this would be something that it's something that I'm trying to unpack. There is another Tamika who throws stuff, who gets angry, who um, will say bad words and and yell and all of those sorts of things. Um, it takes, it was harder, no, it's becoming harder to keep that down. Right. Yeah. You'll just have to work on it. It's just, you got to have patience with yourself first. Yeah, well, I don't know if we want that to come out. I don't know. So that's my problem. Trying to let that part of Tamika be seen uh-huh. is, is really, we'll have to, we'll, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely will have to be in a safe space when, you, when it happens. Yeah. 
but it does happen. And if you talk to a few of my my people, they'll tell you it happens all the time. <laughs> oh no, because you're bottling it up, so then they get it. Yeah, it's very weird. That's all I can say. It's not just, yeah, it's bottled up. I tend to bottle it up for a lot of people. So when I say you got to be in, 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 um, it still will only come out ever so often. But when I'm not talking to any person or if I'm writing things down or if I'm by myself, the yelling, the, the, it's bottled up and then I somehow have to let it go but I, I won't let other people see that. Yeah. I think that'll come with age. <laughs> I honestly do. See, most, pe- most people in my life are absolutely loving how my hormones changed me because I was the one that blew up. <laughs> <laughs> I had no filter. And now all of a sudden I'm like calm. I mean, other people probably don't think of me as calm. Right for everybody that's lived with me for all of my 47 years, they're like, whoa. <laughs> <is> so calm. <laughs> she doesn't blow up immediately when we have a conversation. It's like, yeah, no, I know it's weird. <laughs> well, I don't know that I want that to happen. So we'll just, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. Look, I am, I am afraid. <laughs> Everybody thought when I went away to college, whatever change in Tamika was going to happen, and it didn't. It's actually since I hit my 40s. It's like, you know what? I can't hold this stuff too much longer. It's about to come out. (laughs) I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, but you're going to see it soon. I can feel it. Right. You know how Incredible Hawk says you wouldn't like me when I'm angry? (laughs) oh goodness yeah you're just gonna have to embrace it and when it's gonna happen just 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 be in some safe safe place just let it go I know for my husband there's times that I will just be like you know what um I do not need you to rationalize anything I have to explode please just listen (laughs) none of this crap that's coming out of my mouth is gonna make sense but just listen listen right (laughs) okay well, I'm gonna be prepared for it. Let's let's all be prepared for when Tamika's voice really comes out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to meet in in uh, Atlanta again, and <laughs> yeah. maybe we just create a safe space for you to you know <laughs> blow up that. <laughs> Sounds good. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, Tamika, I appreciate you coming on here so much, having the conversation with me, knowing that I have a lot of education that I need. I appreciate your patience so much. Um, And thank you for bringing your experiences and your insight to my listeners. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I will, um, I can't wait to see what happens with this little webinar I do. So hopefully that. Me too. I'm looking forward to that. And everyone, um, as soon as uh, she gives me the information, I will have it in the show notes. I will send it out in the newsletter. So make sure that you have signed up for the newsletter to get the information so that you can attend her webinar as well. 
And I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.